Alphabet Flight and Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where we go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe and talk about the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Perry, and with me this week is a knock a, a blatant knockoff of the real McCoy. That's right. It's the artist formerly known as Art that copied their name yeah. from an artist. I am actually a Hatfield. And we're about <laughs> to have some intergenerational trauma happening. Wow, that's that's a. How many people outside of the South understand that reference? Uh, I don't know. I don't really either. That's the thing. Like, anyway. <laughs> like, like. Oh wait, wait. Neither that's us, the thing. Neither of us know. That, that was tra- terrific. That's the thing. It's clobbering time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you played that uh, a like couple the- episodes ago, and I missed the reason why you played it. That is absolutely fantastic that's one of the best audio stings i've ever heard that's uh, fine i don't you do whatever you want to i'm not in charge here so today we are talking about a character that i have never heard of before to be quite honest have you heard of the black fox before art or is this just as uh, new to you as it is to me i thought the okay so i so i see the cover that you sent me um I thought the Black Fox was the uh, the pseudo dad of a black cat. More like a silver fox, if you ask me. Well, like I thought there was a thief <laughs> that was that that taught Felicia Harding how to do it. No, I think that he was actually a black cat beforehand, right? Or something. I don't remember, but whatever. That sounds like it's in. Um, it. That sounds like it's in the Spider-Man animated series continuity more than anything. No, I, I think it's in the comics continuity too, because I remember talking about the Black Fox. Um, for the '89 update, not '89. Up- yeah, the '89 update. Um, so. I mean, it could be. I'm just kind of glazing over the, or grazing over, I guess. <sighs> I'm not seeing anything about Black Fox on uh, the entry for Black Cat. Peter and Peter Parker and uh, Black Cat are back together. How do you feel about that? I'm fine. Um, honestly, if it it's either going to be um MJ or uh, Black Cat. And I think Black Cat can handle uh, yeah, his I, lifestyle a I lot think, more. I think, oddly enough, between the two, she's a little less volatile than uh, than Mary Jane is. Um, also, current run also, of Amazing Spider-Man, absolute garbage. Absolute hot garbage. It is some of the worst comic book writing I have read in a while. Um, I hate the fact that it keeps just teasing it as like, it's this brand new special. Uh, there's a, it's going to blow your mind. And there's all this new information. It's like, come on. Like, it's not, it's not that groundbreaking. Anyway. Also, they're probably going to end up killing, uh, they're probably going to be killing MJ in the next issue. No, they a hundred percent are. I, yeah. I, I hate that. Uh, anyway, sorry. You all probably yeah. know who it is that dies in the next issue by the time this episode comes out. But the, I, I cannot stand this hyperbolic build up to something that everybody pretty much understands is going to happen as well. Or it's going to happen. Yeah. They're inevitably. pulling the same. They're pulling the same stuff. Yeah. We definitely talked about the black Fox. Okay. There in we go. 2020. Golly. Who remembers so, 2020? Am I right? 
Wait, wait, what, what part of 2020? Okay, it was deep into 2020, so... Yeah, I remember... But no, but like, <laughs> I remember uh, Saturday, March 14th, and then I remember October 15th. In between that, complete blur. <laughs> well, we're like... Uh, my daughter still, was born on October March, 15th. We're still in March 2020, don't you remember? <laughs> sure we are. I mean, there's... Yeah. I. I it's the year that never ends and uh, keeps on taking. Anyway, so uh, first issue that uh, that Black Fox made uh, an appearance in was Marvel: The Last or Lost Generation, excuse me, issue number twelve. Uh, cover date was March two thousand. Um, there is a lot of text on this cover. What do you think about well, it? Okay, here's the fun thing about this comic. We're gonna, we're gonna, the you had to do a lot of setup for this because it's issue 12. Yeah, yeah but it's it actually is. technically issue one, huh? Yeah, let's get to the cover copy. I'll talk about it. Okay, uh, so Marvel the Last Generation, she came from the future to save the past, only to see it die. Countdown to number one begins here. Find out inside where we began at the end. This is annoying. Uh, the, the yeah. get, so, gimmick, gimmicks were so, much easier to pass off <laughs> around this time with comic books. Okay, here's here's the thing. Uh, tell okay, me. Here's the thing. Tell me. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. It's clobbering time. Oh, yeah. See, eventually I'm going to stop saying that. No, you're not. If I keep on calling myself <laughs> out. Uh, but... So instead of just doing like an immediate res thing where they show, holy crap, all these people are dead right. in the beginning and then just doing something, they started with the last issue and told the story backwards. Basically. Oh, it's like the Seinfeld episode where they start at the end and they, they go back to the beginning by the end of the episode. Yeah. So instead of doing a media res thing, which most things would do. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the, the current Spider-Man uh, uh, thing, where they're just Which like everyone hates working. Peter, we have to figure out why. Yeah. But immediate <sighs> stuff works half the time, like it's fine. But they could have done an immediate thing. They could have started at the ending and then told the story chronologically, maybe peppering in some of the stuff that happens in the future. Yeah, throughout. Um, but here's a okay. Here's a genuine yeah. question. You can cut this out if you want to. Um, I imagine because we've been talking about it, it's pertinent to the episode. But and this is a very very short entry, so we got to pat it out a little bit. Um, do you think that all of the hate that Peter is getting in Amazing Spider-Man is deserved, or is it just a um, another like straw man argument for why Peter Parker always has Parker luck? Because I think it's the latter. Um, I think it's that. I think it's less of the uh, dislike of Peter and more of a dislike of editorial. Um, always putting Spider-Man back to square one. They always they have to make him miserable at the end of uh, at the beginning of each uh, like basically story arc. They have yeah. to they have to basically put him in the same spot. They have to make his life worse and worse um, instead of just like letting him actually grow. Yeah. He doesn't grow. <clears throat> and like I feel no, like right. so many people just want like they don't hate Spider-Man. They want Peter Parker to be happy yeah. or just like retire. Because like there's no reason why he like there's so many 616 Spider-Mans and Spider-Womans. Yeah. So you'll have you'll have that part covered. Have him like we've had it, we've had stuff where 
he is a teacher where he's taking care of children and he's happy with that. He's obviously supposed to be someone who is a mentor yeah. to the next generation and they're not letting him do that. Like give him a daughter. We know he, he we know give him a daughter, let him get married, let him teach someone. Let him be a teacher. You know, like something. Like literally a teacher or like just like someone who trains the next generation. Let him grow up like past that like, you know, Call, like college age Peter, yeah, where he's just you know down Const- on his constantly miserable, yeah. Like well, I, don't, I, I mean, it doesn't mean he's like doesn't have to have adversity. That's fine. Having adversity is fine. Just the way that he just keeps on getting beaten down way more than any other character seems to be beaten down. Yeah. Besides the Punisher, maybe. Mm. Yeah, arguably Punisher is up there. Yeah. Daredevil's up there. I, I, I think... But Daredevil... Okay, sorry. Let me, one last thing. No, uh, go ahead. See, Daredevil is meant, is meant to be beaten and bloodied, though, I feel like. Spider-Man's meant to be defeated. Yeah, but like he, it know, seems like he's uh, being beaten <clears throat> all the time. Like they, It's I, like they're just <clears throat> like taking a lead pipe to him over and over again, and he's already down. Well, I, I think that... So, a couple of things. The, the, the first one being that... I, you know, we have the benefit and also the drawback of sixty years now of of a continuity of a or of of comic backstory that we can draw from, and we can say this is what's worked, this is what hasn't. Um, and so, with the benefit of hindsight, we can just kind of go, you know, the, the, we we want this character that we do truly love and relate to to be happy. The other portion of this is that the to use a metaphor, a sports metaphor, um, the ball was set to be kicked basically at the one yard line for a field goal and Marvel fumbled it somehow in terms of Peter could have been a mentor full time or at least for a few years with Miles. That, that was just right there. It was right there. And they didn't take that opportunity. I don't know. I mean, maybe they were trying to avoid like the the white knight savior of it all white man savior you know which if that was the case i understand but at the same time like if if we want him to have that character trait there was another character that needed him to be a mentor and it didn't pan out that way like i just i just feel like just let let i hate the name ghost spider but let gwen and like uh like gwen and miles take over yeah like like, like, so well, honestly, Ghost Spider, I Ghost Spider do... is better than Spider Gwen because then it's like, yeah, oh, there's, there's Gwen, Gwen Stacy, but I don't like Ghost Spider. Uh, whatever. Mm, the character uh, also, who's never around uh, is conflicting, overlapping with the character whose name is Spider Gwen. Hmm. Well, she's she's in she's in six one six almost full time. She goes yeah. to, she goes to college and ESU. Um, she switches between. That's got to give Peter some weird feelings. Uh, he's actually pretty cool with it. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. But whatever. Silk, also Silk is there too. Well, I keep on forgetting about Silk. Uh, but Silk is there too. Um. Yeah. So Black Fox. But, but well, no, no. What, no, what other thing though? Oh, okay, uh, They sorry. need to, like, just, I, I want them, they already done so much of the MC2 stuff. Mm-hmm. Cut off his leg. Force him to retire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, like, and- I, I don't want him to be a cop though. I don't want him to be a cop. They made him forensics guy no don't, make don't him do that don't do uh, that but you know but like let him like cut off his like like literally maim spider-man and make him stop peter i should say uh make him stop just like i just want 
Peter to take a break. That's it. Yeah. Something. Also, also maybe he can, and also maybe he can like, you know, marry or be in a relationship with, with black cat and they could be like, you know, that, that can work out stuff there. That wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't be a bad yeah. thing. They clearly love each other and enjoy each other's company. Yeah. <sighs> although, anyway. although black cat definitely has a mask king. The mask does stay. Oh, a hundred percent. 100 percent anyway so black fox uh real name robert william payne various aliases during uh his espionage career secret identity college professor former adventurer adventurer spy and otherwise unrevealed don't know where he was born but he is a u.s citizen uh no known relatives uh group affiliation first line both incarnations uh is a law doctor and uh, first appearance, of course, Marvel: The Last Generation, number twelve in two thousand. So, and it's not the first Black Fox. Okay, it's whatever. crazy. So, born in nineteen twenty, Robert Payne was active during World War II as an American spy, clashing with the Nazi operative rumor. Uh, following the war, uh, motivated mostly by thrill seeking, he became the costume crime fighter called the Black Fox, active primarily in Chicago. Little is known of his career prior to 1958 when he joined forces with other heroes to investigate a security breach at the Long Island Research Center. Many of the heroes decided to band together as the first line, but the Fox declined, uh, planning to retire from costume activity and marry his girlfriend, Miriam. However, when his clashes with the vampiric criminal Nocturne ended in Miriam's death, he rededicated himself to his role, becoming harder and more driven in his war against crime. By 1963, the Black Fox had joined the first line when team leader Yankee Clipper vanished following an encounter with time traveler Cassandra Locke, uh, and he became one of the team's guiding forces alongside the shapeshifter Effigy. At some point in the mid to late 1960s, the Fox worked with the sorcerer Doctor Strange during the investigation of a haunted mansion, and the first line disbanded in 1973 due to interference by President Nixon, but the Black Fox remained active. In 1980, the Black Fox was among the heroes who reorganized the first line in a mission to extricate longtime fellow hero Mr. Justice from captivity in the nation of Hawan. But the U.S. government's manipulation of the team angered him to the point of quitting. He retired his Black Fox identity shortly thereafter, turning to a career as a pre-law professor at Illinois' Northwestern University. Uh, when Yankee Clipper, having traveled through time, arrived in the 1980s, Payne arranged for him to find sanctuary with the Eternals, but otherwise his involvement with the first line remained sparse. Payne was lured out of retirement by the mutant uh, malcontent Gadfly, uh, who suspected the Fox's true identity and smitten with him, bedeviled him for attention. Both he and Gadfly joined several other superhumans in repelling a fleet of invading scrolls, and the two, uh, like most of the other heroes and villains involved, died in the process. Six foot two, 231 pounds, black hair, black, wait, no, black eyes, black hair, which later turned white. In his prime, the Black Fox was a superb athlete and hand-to-hand combatant. He retained much of his physical skills, even in his later years. He used a rope line to swing from rooftops and sleep gas canisters to subdue opponents. He probably carried additional equipment. He traveled via the Flying Fox, a modified jet equipped with a cloaking device all band communications, and other accessories. He operated out of the underground foxhole located beneath Foxwood Farms outside Woodstock, Illinois. Boy, howdy. Uh, can't decide whether you want a copy off of Batman, Blue Beetle, or just... Uh, uh, Night Owl? Whatever. Watchmen. 
whatever. Night Owl. Yeah, yeah Night Owl. Um, what was the name of his... Uh, oh, wait. T- t- trivia! Hey, did you, did, did you remember anything I just told you about? What was the name of uh, Black Fox's uh, or Robert Payne's uh, girlfriend that died? Uh, probably like Martha. I don't know. I Close. didn't pay attention. It was Miriam. Oh, Miriam? Okay, I got old name. Yeah! It worked. Hey! That does it for this episode. Thank you all for sticking with us. If you want to follow up on social media, you can do so at Alphabet Flight. You can support the show at patreon.com slash Alphabet Flight. You can also check out all of the images of the characters that we talk about on social media uh, and also on alphabetflight.tumblr.com. You can find me at prater1792 and at my bourbon pod for my other podcast, which is all about bourbon. And uh, we do some geeky, nerdy stuff as well. And uh, that's it. We love you guys. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. But until then, may Conchu guide and protect you through all your nightly travels. Goodbye. Hey, night. Thank you.